Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. A lot to get into on a Monday, so let's not waste any time. Let's head out to the Circus Sports Yes, hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Steve Carp. Steve, how are you doing, my friend? I'm well. Good weekend. Uh, still amazed by what happened Thursday in the Legion with the Raiders. It was a mind-numbing performance, but oh. uh, you know, for good reasons. If yeah. you're a Raider fan, yeah, uh, a lot to get. Uh, you know, a lot to, to unpack on that front. We'll talk to. You about the Raiders, Fernando, from the Chargers' perspective. Before we get into all the stuff happening in Vegas, kind of want to put a bow on a big event that happened here in Las Vegas, the National Rodeo Final. Uh, Steve, it's been here for a long, long time. It was the 65th uh, final here. They call it Cowboy Christmas. Uh, It is the Super Bowl of the Rodeo. Uh, I'm sure you covered it over the years. Can you, for, for folks that are not familiar with the event, Talk about its significance and what it means to Las Vegas in particular. The National Files Rodeo has been here since 1985. Basically, since the Thomas the Mac opened its doors on UNLV's campus. And it has generated over a billion dollars of economic impact to the city, Mm non-gaming. So that's a pretty significant number. This year... I believe they estimated $200 million. Now, we were talking about F1 and how it was going to, you know, positively impact the city economically. We're still not sure exactly how that went down. You know, the numbers indicate that it wasn't as great as they all wanted us to believe. The rodeo, that's another story. Every year we can count on... Great tourism, sold out Thomas and Mac for 10 nights. It was nine this year because the Thomas and Mac was being used as a staging area following the tragic shooting of the three UNLV professors. But every year, it really gives us a nice shot in the arm right before Christmas. And I think it's important that we 
we recognize it when we talk about events coming to Las Vegas. You know, we're going to have the Super Bowl yeah. here in February. We're going to have the Final Four in a few years. The rodeo kind of started it. it. It gave us credibility as a city. You know, they were in Oklahoma City forever, and now you know they're going to be in Las Vegas yet another ten years. Wow! Because they just signed an extension, which. I'm curious if we ever get this baseball stadium built, would the rodeo consider moving from Thomas and Mac to a 33,000 seat ballpark? That's a great point. Yeah, I it mean, could. You know, yeah, I mean, centrally located there. I mean, if, if they build it on uh, the Tropicana site. So we'll see how Yeah, it'll make uh, it easier for all the tourists to get to. Exactly. Uh, Something to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. You know, and obviously it, it's great when a. Uh, Big signature event plants his flag like that took over 10 years. So, yeah, um, excited for that. Uh, switching gears, as you mentioned, Thursday night football, uh, you were there. Fernando Ramirez was there. Amai was there. Um, <laughs> we, we thought it was going to be two teams that could not score. Obviously, the Raiders were shut out in their previous game against the Vikings. And the Chargers, obviously, without Justin Herbert, have not been able to score. We did not foresee the game that we saw there, Steve. Um, 63 no. to 21, and again, uh, two garbage uh, touchdowns late by the Chargers. But, like, uh, I think it was very clear at halftime that Brandon Staley was going to lose his job. Uh, Tom Telesco, longtime 10-year GM. So th these two teams, it is very rare to do this. Sometimes the coach will get canned, but these two teams fired both the head coach and the general manager during the season – Steve, let's talk about the game on Thursday and, and, and what you thought. Well, I think for the Raiders, we're talking a team that's had a lot of pent-up frustration all year long. And they were just looking to take it out on somebody. And it's like Antonio Pierce said afterward. He said, we weren't taking off the gas, our foot off the gas. Yeah. He said, we were on the wrong side of history the week before. And Thursday, they were on the right side. You know, it was weird because the Raiders have been playing football since 1960. And you would have thought there was a crazy AFL game against yeah. like the Houston Oilers or against the Chargers when they were in San Diego where they would have scored 60 points. <laughs> they had never scored 60 until Thursday night. Mm. I thought that was an amazing stat in that respect. And you know what? Here's why general managers wind up getting sacked along with coaches. Because their job is to supply the coaches with the proper tools in order to compete and win. Yeah. So, whether it was John Gruden, Mike Mayock, Dave Ziegler, and Josh McDaniels, Tom Palacero, and Brandon Staley, they're kind of joined at the hip. When you think about it, in the NFL, it's very true. You know, yeah. in hockey, the Golden Knights have been through one, two, they're on their third coach, right? But, you know, they've kept George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon the entire time. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, they've won. Yeah. You know, they won the Stanley Cup last year, and they, they continue to win. But football, the GM is kind of important. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Oh, you know, yeah. when you're trying to build success long term. And uh, so when the Chargers decided Friday morning to 
cut loose from their GM and their coach, I wasn't surprised. You know, because what, what had happened with Tom Telesco, I mean, he had gotten... Uh, Tom Telesco. Tom, Tom Telesco, uh, you know, like, he was given 10 years. I mean, he was uh, the GM of the Chargers back when they were in San Diego. And it was a very unique thing with Mike McCoy, with uh, Anthony Lynn, and Brandon Staley. Uh, like, each coach had uh, two uh, good years where they got to the playoffs one year, followed mm-hmm. by two sub-500 years. And with Brandon Staley, it was just so bad. They didn't let it get to that second consecutive sub-500 year did seed of enough. Uh, you know, again, when, when you have a team giving up uh, like over 60 points and 42 of them at the half, I mean, that, that, that was, they, they had clearly quit on the team. Um, that brings yeah. us to this bigger question, and we're, we'll talk about the Chargers with Fernando. Uh, listen, as well as the Raiders looked Thursday, I think it's safe to say that they will bring in a new um, head coach in GM. I guess you look around the league, uh, perhaps even in college. Is there a coach? Is there a GM out there that you would like? Well, the GM is a little more problematic because you got to find a personnel guy who understands contracts and and also can assess and evaluate talent. Yeah, it's a little more tricky to find that guy, to define a coach. Obviously, if Jim Harbaugh wants to come back and coach in the NFL, he'll have his choice of teams. You know, he may, you know, the Chargers may make a run at him. Certainly the Raiders could make a run at him. I'm guessing when Ron Rivera gets let go in Washington, they'll probably want to look at him. Yeah. So, you know, they, there's one guy right there, but you know, there'll be other opportunities for other guys, whether they're coordinators or or guys who have had head coaching experience. I'm still not a hundred percent sure Antonio Pierce isn't the guy. Okay. And I say this only because the players have really responded to his touch yeah. and his way of doing things. Okay, I haven't heard Devontae Adams complain a whole lot since he took over for McDaniels. All right, now look, they got to play the Chiefs on Christmas morning. All right, that's going to be a tough assignment. But let's say they give Kansas City a game and and still lose, and then say they can go to Indy and win the following week and beat Denver at home the last week of the season. You know, who's to say... uh, you know, Mark Davis doesn't decide to keep him. I, I agree with you, Arash. I do think they are going to ultimately look outside the organization yeah. for their next head coach. And, and nothing against Champ Kelly. You know, he seems like a nice guy. And honestly, we don't really know what he's capable of doing yeah. as a full-time general manager. He might, he might have all the answers. He may check all the boxes. We don't know. You know, because he's kind of been a behind-the-scenes guy all along. Yeah. But at some point, they've got to get it right. If this team is going to move forward and contend and make the playoffs every year and at least have the appearance of being a Super Bowl contender at some point, they've got to get it right this offseason. That's just the reality. 
How but you touched on it that that the players have bought in to uh, Antonio Pierce clearly yeah. the performance on Thursday. The Rich Passaccia, what happened with him? Do you think that will play a factor again? A different scenario in the sense that Rich did at least lead that team to the postseason. But mm-hmm. if if Mark Davis sees that these guys believe in him, do you think that's enough for him to get the chance to coach this team? I think it all depends on how comfortable Mark Davis himself mm. is with Antonio Pierce. I have no idea what their relationship is like. I don't know if they hang out together. I don't know if they just merely tolerate each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's owners and coaches, you know, he, he thought he had a really close relationship with John Gruden, right? Yeah. How did that work out? They weren't winning even before all the stuff with the NFL and the emails. Mm-hmm. Out. So I don't know that having a close relationship with the head coach is super important. I think that you got to have a respect level for the guy you hire. And, you know, Mark Davis has tried to let these guys do their jobs. Yeah. He tried to let Reggie McKenzie be the GM. He tried to let Gruden run things. He's tried to let um, Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels try the Patriot way. I mean, it hasn't worked. Yeah. Okay, you look around the league at the teams that get it right. Look at Philly. They didn't have big-name people on the sideline in the front office, but it's working, isn't it? Yeah. Um, You touched on the Golden Knights. It is so hard. It is perhaps the hardest thing to do in professional sports to repeat. Um, The Golden Knights are, uh, you know, the way that they they, they began the season, Steve, and they had a a slight lull, but now they're back. The best team in the league – uh, you know, touch on how they, they've been able to navigate uh, what is, again, generally thought of as the hardest thing yep. to do in, in sports. I mean, there's usually a letdown following a championship season. How have the Golden Knights been able to put together the season they have so far? A couple of things. First of all, they have better depth than people give them credit for having. Yeah. A lot of young players, especially on defense, have really stepped in. They've had, you know, they've had some key injuries throughout the year. So they've always had their entire roster for one game all season. Think about that for a second. How crazy is that? Mm-hmm. That the roster you had built, ready for opening night, back in October, has been on the ice together for one game all year. And that night they got shut out by Pittsburgh. Go <laughs> figure. Yeah, but they they have good young players that they've developed in their own system in Henderson, and the other key to this whole thing is that everybody has bought into Bruce Cassidy's coaching and his system of play. That's why they're winning. That's why there hasn't been the letdown that we would normally expect from a team that wins a championship. Where does the motivation come from? Again, generally speaking, when teams come back, you know, whether it's contract mm-hmm. disputes, whether it's something like that. I mean, when you've talked to these guys, um, where does that drive come from? That, that they want to repeat? I mean, yeah. obviously, there, there's chemistry there, but a touch on that. Again, when a team's trying to go for that first one, it's not hard to find that fire. But now they want to repeat. Where is that coming from? It comes from their leadership. It starts with the captain, Mark Stone. 
it spreads to guys like Jack Eichel and, and Jonathan Marcheseau, who is in you know, a contract year for him. So, you know, he's going to give you his best effort every night. He wants to stay here. He doesn't want to have to leave. And so he's got to prove to Kelly McCrimmon that he's going to be worth finding the money to keep him in Vegas for one more contract. So it starts there. Everybody kind of falls into line. It's a really good room in terms of everyone getting along, everyone being on the same page. Nobody strays too far. If they do, they reel them back in and they get them flying right. That, to me, is the key for the Golden Knights because you know they're getting their best shot from everybody every night. Look what happened the other night with Buffalo. The Sabres were struggling. They come in here. They stuck with their game plan. The Knights didn't manage to puck well. They wound up losing 5-2. So they're not invincible, but they've been good enough all year that they've kept the lulls to a minimum. And for them to still lead the Pacific, and I know the Kings have four games in hand on them, and when they play each other on the 28th here, that's going to be a huge game, by the way. Oh, yeah. But, you know, the Knights are finding ways to stay in games, get points. They had a nine-game streak with uh, where they got at least one point. So as the season grinds on, they continue to collect points. They're all the same. Once you get in December count, the same as the ones you get in uh, March. Mm-hmm. So very important that they continue to generate <clears throat> opportunities, scoring chances. Their power play's gotten better. Their penalty kill's been very good. So they just need to keep doing what they do. Hopefully they get everyone back. Alec Martinez is supposed to be back. Uh, Aiden Hill who's been out for a couple of weeks. He's supposed to be back for the road trip this coming week in uh, Carolina and Florida. So things are kind of looking good in that regard. But they've also found a way, again, these young guys have stepped up and played well. So that's on Kelly McCribbin, the GM. He, he built this roster. He gets the credit. Steve, let's close out on a couple of UNLV questions. First of all, uh, UNLV football, a fantastic season. Uh, they lost two straight. How, I guess, important would it be to finish out this season with a bowl win against U of A, kind of going into the offseason with some momentum, a touch on uh, this game? And, and, and really, you know, it's been a historic season. But for them to cap that historic yeah. season off with a bowl win, how big would that be? It would be really big because they haven't won a bowl game since John Robinson was the coach. But wow. they beat Arkansas in the Las Vegas Bowl. I believe that was in 2000 or 2001, maybe. So it's been a while since they, uh, they won a bowl game. Uh, Kansas will be a very good opponent for them. The Jayhawks can score. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but from what I understand, UNLV is going to bring a few people down to Phoenix. <laughs> and uh, I think we're even sending our guy, Will. Will will be there. there. Yeah. Yes, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, no, I think it's important for Barry Odom. You know, he's kept his staff together so far. He's always lost a a handful of players to the transfer portal. Nobody major who would impact the game. So, I would say this is kind of an important one for the program's continued development. So, let's see what happens. You know, basketball, that's a whole other story. 
Well, see, I just wanted to get into that because we only have two minutes left. Touch on that. Big game against the top eight team in Creighton, uh, really following after like everything that um, happened on campus. Touch on the significance of that win and how this team looks this season. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, well, unfortunately, the win over Creighton was kind of negated by a struggling performance in Phoenix against St. Mary's Saturday. Yeah. A game they almost won, by the way. They had to lead in overtime and late in regulation. They just couldn't close it out. But, you know, look, they're, they're, getting, they're getting all their guys back. It's the team we thought they would have. They get a couple more wins before they go in the conference play. If they get off to a decent start in conference, then I think maybe they're a factor. If not, then they got to make a tough decision whether they want to stay with Kevin Kruger who's in the third year of a five-year deal, or go elsewhere because they cannot afford to have a program that's not generating revenue for the school. Football, believe it or not, is making money for the first time in God knows how long. Men's basketball, they count on them to have a good season every year to generate revenue for the school. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you've heard this for years, Steve. You've you've been covering – UNLV for a long time. It's mm-hmm. always that sleeping giant, especially with football. They're at Allegiant Stadium, essentially located. Las Vegas is sort of like the new hotbed of sports. And like, who wouldn't want to come here? At the end of the day, you got to find the right coach. You got to put mm-hmm. the uh, system together. Uh, Steve, you're the best. We will have you back on uh, next week. A lot to cover here in Las Vegas heading into the um, holiday season. So let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined uh, by Fernando Ramirez. Talk about the Chargers fallout when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 from the California, the bet in Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, I want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii. Call our hotline 310-400-0340. Right, let's head back out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. Just a long, uh, you, I mean, you were there long, long <laughs> end of the week last week. All right. Like, so let's paint the picture. I mean, we had been talking about this for a couple of weeks, uh, about the status of Brandon Staley and how the, you know, the chargers generally speaking, historically don't make any uh, changes during the season. That being said, Fernando, and we weren't sitting next to each other, uh, but I wanted to like go over to you to get you. I mean, it was, 
I think you knew at the half, right, that at 42 to nothing, and certainly when that thing went completely off the rails at 63 to 7, that there was that was the point of no return for for Brandon Staley. What did you think as you were watching that play out? Again, the team had not been playing great. But they had never been blown out. I mean, I mean, that was the thing about the Chargers. That the, these were a lot of one possession, fourth quarter, late game losses. This thing was over from the beginning. Well, first of all, I mean, for the people out there that say, "Oh, Justin Herbert's the problem," there you go. There's your perfect example yeah. of uh, of him being the problem, I guess. But uh, you got to sit in the VIP section. I know Adam <laughs> Hill tries to tease you that you're not Mr. Las Vegas, but uh, but you were over on that side, so. You were on the special side. Uh, but obviously, this game was, yeah, it was out of control. I mean, at one point, I remember I look over at Uncle Joe Reedy, and I'm like, what <laughs> is going on? Like, I, it just, it yeah. was ridiculous how quickly it got out of hand. And and uh, and you heard, I mean, Brandon Staley at halftime is asked by Amazon, or I can't remember who the sideline reporter is, but they were asking him, what did you think about that first half? We didn't come out and play. We didn't come out to play. And you're like, uh, and then in the second half, we're gonna fly, uh, we're gonna play for pride, and you're kind of like, dude, like yeah. that should have been the whole game. So when they got off to that ridiculously fast start, and then obviously, uh, I think they only had three red zone trips. Aiden O'Connell looked like an All Pro quarterback, like they. And then Devonte Adams was sick, and he still put up a hundred and a touchdown on the Chargers. So I mean, everybody was scoring left and right. 63 points is literally unheard of. I mean, Anthony Lynn got fired over 45 to zero. Well, I mean, many other things, but that was kind of the last straw when the Patriots demolished them 45 to zero here. It was just a straight up thrashing. Uh, yeah. And, and that forced the Spanos hand. The only thing I was surprised at was that they fired Tom Telesco along with Brandon. I thought yeah. maybe they'd wait until after the season to fire Tom. But when they fired both, I was like, Oh wow. Okay. So here you go. You got, three weeks to now really start looking at these candidates. And then obviously, um, and then obviously the off season starts. What, like what uh, from, again, you've been covering the team for such a long time. I mean, you were basically there uh, since Tom Telesco has been there 10 years. What, what, uh, what do you think went into that decision? Clearly Tom wasn't going to come back, but why do you think the decision was made? Let's group them together. Uh, you know, obviously we knew Brandon Staley was going to be fired. I think we're both in agreement that Tom Telesco firing, at least at, at that point in the season, was a bit surprising, right? It was, but I, it had to be done. I mean, yeah. if you look over at the Rams, and I've been telling you about this, I think for a bit, that the Rams have depth. How do you get that depth? Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, undrafted route. The Chargers don't have that. They don't have that depth. They're top heavy. Their superstars are starting to age. They're, uh, they're getting up there, and they don't have the depth. That's why I've told you, Arash, that the Rams are going to be okay. Like right now, yeah, they're fighting for a playoff position and all that. But in turn, they're going to be all right. Their future is fine because of the way they draft. That doesn't happen with the Chargers. With the Chargers, it's more about let's depend on Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, and Khalil Mack, and Derwin James. And then everybody else kind of fills out the team. I mean, yeah, Telesco would have one or two hits here and there, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't consistent. Out of every draft, you could probably see one hit, and usually it was a first-rounder. Uh, this year, obviously, so far it's been the second round with Tui, uh, Tuli Tui Pelotu, but it, it, it just hasn't been a good – he has not built a good resume. I know people think he's a, a great GM. They haven't won the division since LT yeah. left for the Jets. I mean, it, it's just one of those things where – 
uh, how could you keep on 11 seasons? How could you keep them after the demise and, and the way this team is right now? I mean, there, there was no way you could keep him. And, and uh, I honestly thought it was a long time. I thought he was going to get fired with Anthony Lynn, to be completely honest. Yeah. I didn't think they were going to keep him. And they let him go through three head coaches. The same thing happened uh, with all three. First two years, winning seasons. The third year, it all goes downhill from there. So yeah. that's exactly what happened here. And, hell, I even thought they should have fired both of them last season after the debacle in Jacksonville. I didn't think either one of them should have stayed after that because that's embarrassing. And, I mean, like I wrote on uh, on Thursday night going into Friday morning, chargering or chargers going to charge or whatever, that's yeah. going to continue until the Spanos family does something differently, which obviously if history tells us, they won't, uh, they won't do it. Uh, if you could tell us a little bit about the uh, two people who are going to be taking over, uh, I'm going to mispronounce the name perhaps, but uh, Giff or Jeff Smith and Giff, Jojo. Yeah. yeah, Jojo Wooden. They've both been there since the team was in San Francisco. Um, a, tell us about both of these men. And uh, B, do you do you think either one has a chance to stay No. Okay. No, <laughs> no. Uh, Jojo Wooden was uh, Tom Telesco's right-hand man. I see. Okay. It, yeah, if you want something to change, there's no way you can keep them. JoJo in the past has had some uh, meetings and stuff to, or some uh, business opportunity, some GM opportunities, but he's never gone through. Uh, there's no way. If you really are talking about changing everything that you're going to do, there's no way you can bring him in. Giff Smith is just a veteran pass rushing coach who. Uh, he actually, ah, fun factor, Rosh. I, I have to talk wrestling. There we he go. was your tribal chief's defensive line coach <laughs> at awesome. Georgia Tech. That's so, great. Uh, yeah, he was at WrestleMania. Roman invited him to WrestleMania uh, when he was in L.A. Yeah, so uh, so he was his defensive line coach uh, out there. And, and Giff is loved. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Julie Tui Pelotu, they all rave about him. So they love him. But here, it's a clear example of Derek Ansley is nowhere near ready for this. And then I don't think Kellen Moore wanted to risk himself uh, with these last three games. Well, I mean, the the thing about Kellen Moore, and and I saw that tweet or report, but it was like the offense isn't playing that great, like either. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's nice when you go with the beloved head coach. I remember when the Rams fired Jeff Fisher. They went with uh, their, their special teams team coach. Story. Yeah, I was like, like everyone yeah. like supports this guy. By the way, we got we got to get Roman Reigns to talk about his guy being a head coach in the National Football. I know, I but it's hard to get the tribal chief on. I, I mean, you see how his schedule is nowadays, but uh, but yeah, no, it'd be it definitely would be interesting. But yeah, it just it's falling apart for them, and and really, like I wrote, it's all about uh, it's all falls now on Dean and John's shoulders. Are they going to change history? Are they going to do something different with this? I've been reading some reports, and there's one or two reports out there. From uh, There's one reporter that I do trust that wrote that the, the Spanos family has gone to Michigan, oh. and they have met with Jim Harbaugh, which I don't know oh. if that's true or not, but like the reporter, I do trust his information. So that would be interesting. But, uh, but I mean, that's going to cost, what, 12? Like 10 to $12 yeah. million. Dollars. Are they willing to really... Go out because remember, Rosh, they have that you 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 tweeted this out. They have that new building, yeah. uh, that new practice facility. Why not do something? Uh, why not? If you have Jim Harbaugh there, Rosh, do you know like that place is going to be flooded during training camp? People oh, are going to yeah. come. 
You're already on national TV six times a year because of Justin Herbert. Imagine if you had Jim Harbaugh. Like, it, it just really, it would change life in so many different. And then you bring him home. He was a Charger. Right. He was at USD. He was a Toreros coach. Took him from nothing to something. There were like 10 and 0 is, uh, when he was there. I mean, yeah. everywhere that Jim Harbaugh has gone, they've improved drastically. So, uh, definitely should, would be interesting to see if they went that route. Um, but yeah, the head coaching search continue. It starts now, and uh, and uh, and they have a lot of different people they can look at. But uh, but I'm sure Jim Harbaugh's at the top of their list. I mean, here's why I think they have to do things differently now. Is I mean, listen, they're eight in Los Angeles. So, and I hate to say this, but you kind of have to forget about what what they did in San Diego. Certainly towards the end of their time there, where. They had one foot in, one foot out. You're in Los Angeles now. You're trying to fill SoFi Stadium. And now, again, uh, you're moving into this, uh, you know, close to $300 million new uh, training facility, uh, you know, right by the beach. Uh, and, and the reason that I think that that's a pull is, like, this, like, the coach and GM who comes in, like, you will be breaking in this new facility. Like, you'll be the first one, like, in this office. You can move to Manhattan Beach. Uh, and again, th those things you can be neighbors matter. with a Rosh Markazi. Exactly, those things matter to coaches. Um, okay, so I mean, if I were to just in a dream world, and uh, the Spadano's family says blank check, which they I don't think that they'd ever said that phrase before, but let's just say that they said it. Yeah. Would you want Bill Belichick or would you want Jim Harbaugh? I'd go with Jim Harbaugh to be honest. Okay. I think uh, the thing is this also a Rosh. We have to remember, and this is what happened when he went from Stanford to uh, to San Francisco. He knew the college landscape. He, yeah. he the next three drafts, oh yeah, they drafted so well. So right now, him being at Michigan, he knows exactly what's going on. And if the Chargers have a top ten pick, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, uh, I see on Twitter fans are clamoring for move down, move down. But who knows? Maybe Jim knows something, sees a player, and and. Uh, and uh, goes for him, but I think it'd be really good. Um, I think Jim would be the, be the the thing is, Arash, it's like, okay, say that you go with Bill, like, who's going to be his offensive coordinator? Let yeah. me guess, Josh McDaniels. <laughs> and McDaniels was okay, but like, yeah. I remember him and Brady would blow up at each other mm. on the sidelines uh, here and there. And then on defense, what's going to happen? Like, I feel like, man, I'll tell you one thing that would be interesting if Sala gets fired. Oh. From the Jets and Jim, so let's just say Jim Harbaugh, like you said, in a dream fashion, comes come to the Chargers. I bet you Sala would be uh, yeah. would be the defensive coordinator choice for him. But but definitely, uh, I think I think if Jim Harbaugh did come, it would open a lot of avenues. I don't know how you can say no to either one of those guys, but uh, but I mean Jim Harbaugh, like I told you, Jim Harbaugh's been throwing out feelers. Mm -hmm. uh, Greeny, uh, Mike Greenberg, when he said what he said on the Pat McAfee show, that wasn't an accident. That wasn't like, a, oh, hey, let me just throw that out there. That was Jim Harbaugh placing him and telling him, hey, yeah, go ahead and say it. I want people to know. And then him, it may, whether it's for an extension with Michigan or whether it's because he really does want to come home and, and, and coach for the Chargers, it doesn't matter. Uh, he said it and Greeny said it. And, uh, and now obviously there's a lot of interest there. So, um, I'm sure there's interest from both sides. So like you said, the Chargers need to get away from the San Diego mentality, yeah. take out a loan, whatever, you <laughs> have to, right. but go ahead and, um, 
or start a GoFundMe, and I'm sure somebody will. I'm sure fans will. Uh, if fans, GoFundMe. Hey, if fans flew that uh, that plane uh, when they were first in in LA, I'm yeah. sure they'll. Uh, I'm sure they'll do it to get Jim Harbaugh to pay his salary. But uh, but I, I just think Jim Harbaugh would uh, would be a complete game changer for these guys. I don't. I don't think it'll happen just because of history. But yeah. like you said, they're in LA. You have to compete. You have to compete with Sean McVay. And uh, and look at your own division. You have Andy Reid. You have Sean Payton. And Sean Payton just kicked the crap out of you la uh, last <laughs> week, and he's probably going to kick the crap out of you in two weeks. So they uh, they need some kind of star power to compete. And if you have the coach and you have the quarterback, you're going to be set. You know, Jim Harbaugh's hungry to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's just um, it's just surreal where this season has gone. And again, like. I don't think you thought that Staley would lose his job, but I keep going back uh, to our conversation after. No, 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 no. I said I didn't think he would lose it during the season. Oh, during the season, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But uh, yeah. you know, I keep going back to our conversation after uh, the Chargers beat the Jets in New York on Monday night. It was, they were 4-4, four and, four, and I'm thinking, you know, the, and you're like, you know, A, like I don't think they're going to win again. B, it, they might win one game. And again, that one win for that, that was a six to zero win over the New England Patriots against their backup third. Damn Bailey Zappi. Yeah. So seven yeah, points. It's, it's, it's nuts. Uh, you brought them up. I, I, I want to talk about Sean McVay and the Rams again at seven to seven. It's not like they're having a Super Bowl season, but they controlled their own destiny. We have to remember this was a season that, that began where uh, fans were saying tank, you know, tank for Caleb. Yeah. Uh, they can win out. They can make the postseason. Uh, touch on the job that Sean McVay has done. I think this is way more impressive than uh, than some of the other jobs I've seen him do before. Just because, I mean, again, the expectations, Puka Nakua's emergence, the offensive line hasn't been as bad. Kyron Williams, I know he fumbled today or on uh, Sunday, but I think Kyron Williams did a great job. And uh, the defense has been formidable, so uh, you have to be impressed with that. Now, I'm telling you, the first round, that this is what I want to see. I want to see Rams mm. versus Lions. I think that oh, would be an interesting yeah. matchup. In Detroit, Matthew yeah. Stafford goes back. Jared Goff faces his former team. The storylines just write themselves. I think it'd be an interesting, uh, it'd be an interesting uh, matchup between those two. That's a great point. That that, that would be amazing. Um, one more um, NFL-related question before we get into the uh, sport that you really love the most, the, the WWE. <laughs> uh, no, but what, what do the Raiders do? Again, uh, like a, a lot of folks in Vegas were saying, oh, like he can, Tony appears as one over the locker room. I mean, we do have to remember just four days before that historic victory, and I say historic just because they had never in their history scored that many points, they got shut out by the Vikings. Uh, so that's another team looking for a head coach, looking for a GM. They're kind of in that same boat. Like, do they go after Harbaugh? Do they go after Bill Belichick? What do you think the Las Vegas Raiders do? I think they should go after Frank Smith. Uh, Frank okay. Smith was a guy that was loved there. I know they're going to want to go for the splash pick because they're in Las Vegas. But, um, but I just think that going with Frank Smith, who's beloved, uh, Darren Waller had spoken about him. Other guys have spoken about him. I think he'd do a really good job there. Um, obviously I don't think you try and replicate what's going on in Miami because you can, I mean, you don't have a Tyree kill, but they have some receiving weapons. I mean, rush, we got to see a lot of those receiving weapons on Thursday. So, uh, so I think they have some playmakers there. Their defense obviously needs a little bit of work still. 
the secondary needs a lot of help. Uh, they have some good players, though. And um, but I, I, I don't think Antonio Pierce keeps the job. I think he's done a great job, but or a good job. But uh, I don't think he keeps the job. Um, and I, I'm interested to see what way they move. But I think uh, I definitely think that Frank Smith should be at the top of their list. I know it's not a splash pick, but I think it's a solid pick uh, for them because he has history there. They love him there. They were sad to see him go uh, when he came over uh, in 2021. But uh, but I definitely think that they should uh, they should be looking toward him to uh, to be their next head coach and general manager. I mean, it, it's just going to be what Mark Davis thinks. But Mark Davis failed already once uh, before with uh, Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels. He has to really settle down and, and see what he can go out and get because uh, this is a this is a huge decision for them because the fans were behind like. The whole Gruden thing. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, somebody reported that supposedly John Gruden could be possibly returning. One of uh, some buddies over there from uh, in in Las Vegas reported that, and I'm like, wow, that would be interesting. I mean, to be a head coach, though. I guess so. Like some people reported that if that that'd be a way for the NFL to like. I guess they're really the NFL is kind of scared right now about his lawsuit, ah. and they think he's getting that John Gruden knows where the bodies are buried, ah. and he they're th- they're they're really nervous that he's going to come out and and uh, spill the beans. So maybe one way that they can get him to back off and and cut his lawsuit is if uh, if the Raider if he decides to join the Raiders again and he's their head coach. But I'm interested. I, I know nobody's talking about it, but I'm a- actually really interested in his court case yeah. and how that goes. But uh, yeah, I saw John Gruden's name thrown around. And I'm like, why? Like, unless it's for the court case or for the uh, court stuff, I get it. But I, other than that, I, I wouldn't bring him back. I, that, that's been there, done that. You went from Gruden to McDaniel's. That's just not a good. I mean, you went from Jack Del Rio to <laughs> to um, Gruden to McDaniel's, and it just hasn't gone well. At all, so I, I would try and look for somebody like Frank Smith who knows what uh, the Raider way is. Uh, let's close it out here. A lot of people are excited about the bowl season, but you, my friend, you're excited about the, the WWE coming to the forum New Year's Eve, Heck big yeah. Raw show Monday in San Diego. You're going to be at both shows. Uh, I won't uh, leak what we're working on, but it could be a lot of fun. <laughs> Real quick, what are you looking forward to? How show right on Sunday and then Raw? On Monday in San Diego. CM Punk. CM <laughs> Punk getting into the ring against Dominic Mysterio, Rush. That is yeah. huge for Dom. They've worked him like a workhorse this year. It's interesting to see, but CM Punk's back in the ring. Then Monday night, Seth Rollins, I think, against Drew McIntyre for the uh, World Heavyweight Champion, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Both of them are going to be amazing. I can't wait to see what the, what the reaction is for Dominic Mysterio. He's going to be in his hometown. That's going to be very interesting. But uh, WWE right now, they're on the come-up. And Cody Rhodes threw it out there. Yeah. Pretty soon, we'll see MJF in WWE. He's dying wow. out there in AEW. They need <laughs> to bring him over because his character, uh, he could be a good heel in WWE. Oh, exactly. I mean, I just love that. that, that uh, those are two of my favorite venues to watch. WWE, back in the day, the WCW San Diego. Um, I love it. It's just a great place. I mean, you, you can feel it. And so uh, looking forward to having you out there and looking forward to revealing the big story that you're working on. Uh, my friend, thanks so much. It was so great to see you this week. I will see you soon. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. West side.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.